0: This episode is sponsored by Grizz Targets and Archery, Hands down the best targets made right here in Alberta. I'm very thankful to have partnered with these amazing guys putting out high quality products. Their targets range in all sizes. The Backpacker is their most portable target. Great for checking your sights while you're in the backcountry to make sure your arrow is still flying true. This thinner 12 inch by 12 inch target can double as a seat or a flat surface when cooking. Multipurpose like that is essential when packing light. When you want to have some fun testing your skills at long distances, the Kodiak makes for the perfect target. It boasts a massive 48 inch by 48 inch surface to assure you that you won't be digging in the grass for your arrows. It's also great for when your buddies and you want to shoot together without having to take turns. Grizz makes quality targets affordable with options for interchangeable cells that keep you from needing to buy an entirely new target when the bullseye gets worn. They also have options for frames and stands and targets for field points and broadheads. You want a target that's as tough as you? Get Grizzly Tough with Grizz Targets and Archery. Be sure to check them out at grizztargetsarchery.ca. This episode is sponsored by CND Archery. CND is Alberta-owned and operated, offering two pro shops in Rosalind and Maleg. Owners Corey and Doug have more than 25 years of combined knowledge and experience to get you set up properly and to maintain your gear for years to come. CND Archery is Canada's only distributor of expedition bows. They carry tons of great gear that you won't find anywhere else. Corey and Doug support local by carrying many Alberta-made products from arrows to accessories. Get in touch with the guys on Facebook or Instagram today at CND Archery to set up your visit. This episode of Alberta Wildlife Stories is sponsored by Slayer Calls. Bill Ayer, CEO and founder of Slayer, puts an immense workmanship and quality control into every one of his calls. Not one of his products makes it into your hands without first meeting his high standards. Slayer currently makes calls for waterfowl, elk, and turkey. Their double-reed duck calls boast superior craftsmanship and award-winning performance with wildly loud sound. They have a full range of elk reeds, custom bugle tubes, and in my opinion, the best push-button elk call on the market, known as the Enchantress. This push-button call allows you to get a variety of noises, from great cow sounds to estrus buzzes and big location bugles when paired with the swagger tube. Slayer makes many other products, from goose calls and turkey wreaths to lanyards, bags, and gear. They even have online courses to get you calling like a pro. Check out everything they have to offer at slayercalls.com and call the wild. This episode of Alberta Wildlife Stories is sponsored by Precision Edge Taxidermy. Owner and operator Hunter Friesen from Stettler, Alberta, puts outstanding craftsmanship into every mount to turn your most memorable stories into conversation pieces for your home. Precision Edge does everything from Euro mounts to anything big game, along with waterfowl, small game, and everything in between. Next time you connect with a trophy, connect with Hunter at Precision Edge Taxidermy. Find his stunning array of work on display on Instagram and Facebook at Precision Edge Taxidermy and contact him today. Welcome to another episode of Alberta Wildlife Stories. Joining me today is Hunter Friesen, owner and operator of Precision Edge Taxidermy. You may have just heard his ad as he is a sponsor of the podcast. Hunter is a young man with a ton of talent that shines through all of his work. Photos of his mounts can be found on his social media pages under Precision Edge Taxidermy. Hunter has also been finding success in the outdoors hunting and fishing. I can't wait to hear some of your stories, man, and get to know you some more. How are you doing today?
1: I'm doing great, Aaron. How are you?
0: I'm doing good, man. Thank you for uh, taking the time to come on and... Yeah, to talk on the podcast. I'm stoked.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for having me. I was super excited uh, to be on here and share some of my work and my
0: story. Yeah, no, absolutely. So uh to kind of kick things off, but I was wondering and I was wondering uh what got you into doing taxidermy.
1: It's one of those fields of work where that's where a lot of people want to know always is how do you, how did you get into it? Just cause it, it definitely is a little bit more of a unique uh thing to be doing. And you know, I'm you know I wasn't entirely too sure what I wanted to do or anything. So I just thought, oh, so right out of high school, I guess, kind of, up. I wasn't entirely too sure what I wanted to do or anything. So I just thought there was a, a course kind of offered down in Calgary and it was just a three week course. Crazy. And I thought that would be something I would Maybe. be interested in and just go and try it out. You know, I had not really a whole bunch going on in my life other than just doing some work and stuff. So I thought it'd be. Yeah, after that, I kind of just set up in the garage here. I just have a detached garage from my house here for the last year and a half, and I've just been picking away at
0: it. Well, that's too cool, man. So I know when we were talking, you mentioned uh, so even though you're 20, you've still been doing it for quite some time. Like, how many years have you been at it again?
1: Uh, about a year and a half, I guess it was.
0: Uh... Is that two years that you've been doing it under protrusion edge? Because I thought you mentioned that, yeah, you were doing it for a bit with someone else too or something like that, or maybe that was just going through school, but.
1: Yeah, so no, there's just uh, been another gentleman in town that I've just been working for since uh, last March until now, and it's kind of been on and off a little bit, uh, just worked a couple months for him, and then I got uh, also some clients for myself and some customer work, so it's been good, just kind of working for him a little bit, and then doing a couple months for myself, and then kind of going back and forth here for the last year and a bit, um, so yeah, again, lots of experience and just everything you can do taxonomy-wise has been great, and couldn't ask for a better situation honestly for somebody who's just getting started into it
0: so yeah man no that's sounds, sounds really sweet honestly um so from the stuff that you've kind of gotten your hands dirty with right now like do you have kind of a mount that you know is your favorite to work on that you know like is it like a full body mount or it's like a shoulder deer or like even some of the waterfowl like is there something that you just are stoked when someone brings it to you or that you have that you really look forward to doing or
1: yeah you know i get really excited when guys uh call me about about waterfowl and stuff like that and not just waterfowl like all types of birds and everything and it's definitely kind of more of a specialty that i've been doing for sure just because not a lot a lot of guys um that do tax me tax term do do uh birds so it's just uh, really exciting to do them and be kind of one of the last ones in the province that are able to do waterfowl. Um, and I just feel I can be so creative with them and you can just do so many different things with them and everybody is just has different pictures or whatever, what they want done with them. And yeah, you can just do so many things. But And, you know, even for full body mounts, now that I've gotten my hands on doing a few full body wolves and stuff like that, and even some African animal working for this other gentleman, it's just been really exciting to be able to do something full body and stuff so
0: yeah and they're turning out like stunning like the uh the wolf one that you're mentioning i don't yeah. know what was it like two or three that kind of assemble as a piece with like one full stand that are like that they're on or one's on like a separate stand or something maybe they're totally different pieces that i'm relating into one but yeah just the way that you're kind of displaying them on their bases is like yeah it's just so creative.
1: Yeah, no, those walls are definitely a really fun project to do. And yeah, no, they are supposed to be kind of a little bit of a set for himself that he wanted to do. And uh, it yeah. was really cool being able to do, yeah, just two separate ones. And then, I mean, other than that, it would just be a ginormous phase. Um, which is cool on its own. But yeah, it's, it was cool to do kind of two separate things there and combine them. into one big scenery. So That's too cool <laughs> for sure. Um,
0: and what the heck was I going to say there? Um, so for yourself, like I, cause I kind of wonder like there's things that stand out to me when I'm like, well, oh, that, that looks clean or that looks really good when I'm looking at your stuff. But is there something as like a guy that's been doing it now? I always wonder like, you're, you're probably the dude that's like, when you see other taxidermy or like, you know, is there, is there certain features? Like, is it the eyes or something like that? Like what, what stands out to you when you see work and you're like, yeah, that's quality work.
1: Yeah, yeah, a lot of it is, uh, yeah, just the little details, which is like the kind of the eyes and even the ears, the ears really make them out. And, you know, for a lot of people, they're just, you know, kind of looking at their rack or whatever they got mounted. Um, But yeah, for more of a trained eye for looking at other taxidermy work is just those fine details that you know what's good if you see the extra little bit of detail that's put in around those features around the ears, especially, you know, I feel like those definitely make or break a mount in the taxidermy and guys know that for sure
0: so yeah yeah i'm gonna have to look into that a bit for sure just kind of keep an eye on some more because there's like some little things for sure to really look for
1: yeah yeah
0: um and then i noticed that uh yeah you've done like a lot of you know waterfowl hunting yourself and fishing yourself and now big game hunting too is like who, who, or what was uh, the inspiration for you getting outdoors yourself?
1: Yeah, you know, it's just it's just pretty simple. It's just my dad. It, I've been with him tagging along ever, for longer than I can even remember. You know, it's just my first memories of obviously hunting and stuff were just with him always, and he's just always been there for a lot of my hunts and stuff like that too. And yeah I've been there for quite a few of his hunts but you know unfortunately he gets really lucky when I'm not there nowadays so it's kind <laughs> of unfortunate that every time we go out together no can't find anything for him and then as soon as he goes out for just a quick little evening hunt or whatever then he finds something. Um,
2: oh. Jeez.
1: <laughs> uh, no that's what made this year this last season really special was dad pulled uh, both his muley tag and his antelope tag and I mean, I'm just—I was just so thrilled. I was there for both of those hunts, so I was there to be able to push some bush for his muley buck there and get that one out for him, and then even his his antelope down south was a really special hunt. To do. And yeah, yeah, I was just so happy to be there for both of those. So,
0: yeah, I did—I uh, did just see the pictures of both of those as well from last year and from those, and yeah, that's not every day you get to pull an antelope thing like that, and yeah, just both beautiful critters and awesome that you were i got to be there with them for that do you uh do you have a preference like are you like as now no i mean now you've kind of gotten your hands into everything with hunting as well from you know i know we'll get more into it in a bit but um are you starting to lean more towards And I mean, you probably are going to say you love it all, but (laughs) are you liking the, like going out on a waterfowl day or are you leaning more towards the archery stuff or leaning towards just rifle big game or like what's kind of really piquing your interest right now in
1: the field? Yeah, it's, it's kind of all of the above. It's so, it's so hard because as soon as I do one thing, I'm like, oh man, I could do this for the rest of my life. if This was the last thing I could hunt. (laughs) And then as soon as I go, you know, pick up a rifle and go deer hunting, I'm like, oh man, this is just the best thing ever. (laughs) And, um, as soon as I, you know, got into bow hunting here and I was able to, um, we'll get, yeah, more into it in my, uh, archery there that I got this year. And as soon as I got him with the bow, I was like, holy crap, now I'm addicted to the archery hunting all of a sudden. So, and you know, and I like to be that way. I like to be able to, yeah, you know, just enjoy everything all, all very equally and stuff. So.
0: Yeah, it definitely gets you involved more, right? Like, you know and and that's what really got me about the archery stuff when i was getting into it was like rifle season for the most part is so short you know that it's like you spend a lot of the year thinking about it and planning for it and whatever and then
2: Yeah.
0: yeah it's such a short window it's like how can you really enjoy it for the remainder of the year you know whether it's you know talking about stories or getting out in the bow season or you know, getting out in some of the late seasons and stuff like that, that come up for tags and obviously yeah. for you, it's awesome to be able to you know, make that kind of your life's work now, right now. Yeah. You know, doing the taxidermy and stuff. That's so really cool.
1: Yeah, absolutely. No, that's kind of also why I kind of got more into bow hunting a few years ago is just cause I, I didn't want to wait, you know, that four or five years to pull a muley tag. I wanted to go out and get one now. So, you know, being able to be close to a, close to a zone that I was able to pull a general archery tag for meal there. It was really good and um, really got me ambitious and wanted to get a bow and start doing right. it and stuff. So that's what I've been trying to pursue and do the past couple of years. But every time you try and do something, then something else comes up and all life comes back. To so it doesn't always work out, but yeah, it's still fun.
0: No, well, absolutely. It's uh, <laughs> funny because I was just talking with, uh, Corey from cnd there. Yeah. And I just uh I ordered I got a rest through them, like one of the a drop away rest a new one. And uh we were just kind of going back and forth because I really want to come down and go down and check out the shop and yeah, you know, meet those guys and hang out yeah. with them and just yeah, support them more and everything like that. And uh it's funny because just before we got on the chat set here, he was like uh Bill Hunter, I say hi. So,
2: <laughs> yeah.
0: Just hi.
2: Yeah, he texted oh. me
1: just before he said, "Don't stutter on it." <laughs>
0: <laughs> That's funny.
1: Like, great, if I wasn't already nervous about doing that.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, some really reassuring words there.
1: Yeah. That's
0: no, funny. he's great. He's yeah, he's awesome. Oh, dude, he's so nice, and it's just funny because I was when you mentioned the the bow hunting stuff and the bear, I was gonna just ask you before we get into. Any stories and stuff I was just gonna ask you how you how you stumbled upon them and Corey and Doug and like even the Grizz guys and stuff like what got you connected with those guys
1: yeah absolutely so it' all, it just and you know it's just the funny things that that everything kind of bigger starts with just something so small and I, I one of Corey's buddies brought me a brought me a turkey uh tail uh to do a fan mount on it I guess that was last year. I think that was in the springtime, probably about March, April, something like that. And um, all of a sudden he just hit up Corey right after. And have you seen this guy? And Corey's like, no, no idea who he is. And then all of a sudden he was just like, Oh, you gotta, gotta use him. Gotta check him out. So, or this is what I've heard from Corey at least. So, and um, yeah, then Corey, I think that, uh, that summer brought me uh, his bear from that last spring there to get shoulder mounted and, He's like, yeah, if you do a good job with this or whatever, then he's like, yeah, we'll talk more. So, and I, I think I did a pretty good job on it. He might tell you otherwise, but obviously, um, I maybe did something right because I am still talking. to so. um, but yeah, I know. So it was just something so small that blossomed into just something really cool and really awesome. And you know, that's just the best thing about doing this job and getting into it. It's just the, just the people that you meet. It's just awesome, and doing different events and stuff like that and i was finally able to meet Corey's uh partner Doug there and meet the guys at Grizz finally at the uh, heisler archery shoot um yeah. and yeah it's yeah. just, a, just a ton of fun to spend the day with those guys and kind of mingle with them a little bit more and just yeah get to know everybody
2: so
0: yeah, yeah. Well, that's really yeah. cool man oh cool. and uh i did find that like you know it's just funny because it's such a small world that way too because I think I had just kind of partnered a bit with like, I was talking to Derek at Grizz and stuff. And then it was like pretty shortly after that Corey and I started talking about everything. And I'm really looking forward to talking to Corey too. And I know you probably know just as well as anybody that he's got some awesome stories and stuff and love to share share them. And then uh, it was funny because when him and I were just kind of, talking about everything he mentioned he was like oh yeah and this there's this guy starting up that and like he brought you up too while we were talking and he was just talking about how awesome your work was and I think he brought you up because he was telling that story about um getting you out on that bear hunt and stuff and okay, he was just, yeah. and then he mentioned like how awesome your work was and everything and then it was so funny because I think it was maybe not even a week later that you had got in touch and you and I started talking And then I was like, whoa, just a small world because I don't even know (laughs) if he talked to you about the pod or anything like that. And then it just kind of, yeah, it was just funny because it's, yeah, like you say, it's just a small world and you get to one talking to one guy and then you end up talking to another one. And it was just funny because it turned into this little network of all you guys that know each other. And yeah, it's been really cool.
1: Yeah, no, and that's kind of, no, definitely didn't talk to any of those guys beforehand, but I, I even saw your podcast even before, you know, those guys started sponsoring, And you know, I'm like, man, that is just the coolest thing ever. And then I saw that, yeah, Grizz was with you guys and then CND, and I was like, man, that would just be awesome if I could. So I was like, you know what, what's the worst that can happen? I'm going to shoot you a message too. So, yeah. yeah. Yeah, and you know, it's just always looking for ways to, uh, yeah, kind of get my name more out there and stuff like that. But it's just, it's just working with guys and just having more connections and just, yeah, having a nice little community of everybody. So,
0: yeah, man, I can definitely uh, agree. Couldn't agree. And definitely, yeah, really nice to have that kind of makes it feel like a smaller community of everybody that's looking out for each other than um, people trying to be cutthroat and, yeah out there for their own game kind of thing you know
1: oh absolutely yeah for
0: sure and then uh so when you like got into talking with Corey and stuff was that around the same time that you decided that you wanted to start bow hunting like did you go th- like it, it seemed like you went through and i don't and correct me if i'm wrong it looked like you bought cory's old bow off him his expedition i don't know if that's
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah i did i did end up doing it you know i and actually, yeah, to answer your first question, I was, uh, I did uh, do some bow hunting kind of prior to, uh, I think it was probably two years, three years prior to me and Corey this last year that I did um, buy kind of a cheaper boat just to kind of get into it again. And I did have a bow when I was pretty young. Um, just remember shooting that with my dad and stuff like that, because that was when he also wanted to try bow hunting and then kind of stopped for quite a few years. And then I decided I want to get back into it and it just looked awesome. So yeah, and I, I got a few chances that's a mule deer, but, you know, not the greatest shot sometimes, but that's a story <laughs> for another day, all the misses and stuff like that and the heartbreak, but, um, yeah, I no luckily I was able to actually get something with that bow before I retired it, so I was able to get my bear with it, and then right after that, you know, I just thought I was such a good archer, I should buy Corey's bow for him, so. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Dude, that's funny. Yeah um so yeah I mean getting into it like if I know you were thinking about sharing a few stories but uh, is that one that you want to get into more detail about was that bear one
1: yeah no absolutely it was just such a yeah it was just such a big big moment for me and uh, I mean for like anybody would it was yeah first first black bear and uh first bow, bow kill and it was just super exciting and that year I just uh, you could probably talk to everybody, I know, and everybody would, would probably just tell you that I was just so excited to try and go all bear hunting this year, whether it was with my dad or whatever, or with Corey, and I was like, yeah, I'm, I'm getting a bear this year. I don't know what it was, but this year, I I just need a bear. I hunted a few of them, and I just thought they looked awesome, so I needed one. Um,
2: yeah.
1: Yeah, I know it was really good. Corey texted me. I think it was kind of for a couple of weeks. He was getting me all excited about bow hunting, or taking me out for... Bear Hunt, he's like, yeah, he's showing me trail cam pictures of them and everything like that, and he's like, yeah, maybe this week will work, and then it was a couple weeks later, and yeah, maybe this week will work, but again, nothing, you know, works out perfect, and then finally the moment came where he's like, okay, hey, you ready to go? And I was like, absolutely, I am, and so we made plans, I think, just a couple of days later, and I ripped up to his place real quick, which were only, you know, rose and bones. 45 minutes away from me, 40 minutes. So it's a quick drive up there in the morning. Um, Got up early and drove up there and then met him up there and hopped in with him and we hauled his trail up to where he goes. And did all the prior buying bait and stuff like that the night before. So when we got up there, got all kind of unpacked and set up and started making our way to where he has his tree stand in the uh, bait pile. So all the all the oats and stuff like that in there and everything and set up. And I mean, it was such a quick hunt, you know, like set up, got up in the tree stand and everything. It's like probably ooh, like seven o'clock or something like that. And then just kind of checking the phone, looking at messages or whatever, 20 minutes go by, I look up and all of a sudden there's a
2: bear at the bait And I'm
1: like, holy crap. And I was, just, I was just thrilled about it. I was like, holy crap, Corey. I was like, look at that thing. And I mean, I, I was just so so nervous and excited that I was just like oh shit!" I was like that's a nightmare and he's just like shoot it and I was like really he's like go ahead I was like holy crap I was like well is it big enough should I shoot it I was like he kind of looks a little bit smaller but I was like man you know what I just need to shoot it I was like if this is getting me too excited over the small one I was like I just need to I just need to do it so anyways yeah Got him, um, I just I just missed him on my first shot. I mean, Corey will tell you, I was just shaking so freaking badly. And I don't know who I was, but he said, he said as soon as I the ball, I couldn't even keep it straight or level or whatever. Um, but yeah, so I ended up missing my first shot. Luckily, you know, kind of a young bear or whatever, he wasn't spooked too badly, um, but he was kind of ran around the bait and came back in. And he was just kind of sitting there. Straight straight at us, looking straight at us. So I didn't have a nice broadside shot or anything. So probably about five minutes go by, and finally he he kind of turns and gives me a nice shot. And I yeah I got him on the kind of hit him a little bit high on the shot, but yeah he he went down right away after that. One, so okay. yeah, and that was you know still a miracle that I even hit that shot because I I tried calming myself a little bit better on that one because he told me I was shaking pretty good on the first one. Um,
2: but I, I, apparently, I wouldn't know better
1: on the second one. Um, uh, so, yeah. It's so, hopefully, it'll prepare me a little bit more for this year season if I can, you know, draw back on something, but we'll see.
0: Yeah. It's such a mental thing for sure to, uh, I don't know, to, to get over those that, like, I know, like a lot of people call it buck fever or whatever it is, but especially in archery, man, like, get it's so much just because you're so close, like it's just that feeling of being that close and everything, at least for myself. And it's just, there's no time like the present that's right there and you're like mentally trying to just calm yourself down and like take a breath and do any sort of exercise in your head you can before you even get to the point of doing your draw cycle or whatever it is.
1: Oh absolutely yeah and I I wish I kind of took a little bit more time just to kind of calm myself a little bit and just prepare for it but yeah I was just too too excited and too thinking about everything else that I was maybe going to do with this bear how I was going to mount the bear and stuff (laughs) like that and all that so it just but and you know the funny thing is like I've I've shot a deer before like I've shot at a mule deer before and I'm good meal deer like something that i somebody would definitely get excited about but even for that i remember i just i wasn't even shaking or anything i mean i still missed but you know even then i i wasn't shaking at all and it was kind of weird that all of a sudden now i just got so jittery and so excited and i've just never well i have felt that 100 percent before but i don't know why it's just so different this time so yeah that's funny
0: yeah. man it's uh i just find it funny because you know like It comes out of nowhere, and then it's so hard to calm down. And then even afterwards, like after you take the shot, it's still like yeah, just (laughs) pumping. Yeah. Oh, absolutely.
1: Yeah, it still gets it afterwards quite a bit.
0: So were you guys just right jacked up after that happened? Were you guys freaking out or?
1: Yeah, a little bit. I was. I was quite excited. I well, I kind of had a little bit of a mix of emotions. Um, because the bear did do a little bit, kind of more of a. Like, you didn't absolutely drop right on the spot. So we did do a little bit of a crawl away and stuff like that. So it was a little bit like, old oh, crap um, for a few moments. And then we did kind of put him down and then just kind of sat up in the tree, waited, kind of calmed ourselves. And obviously waited until he was fully done and everything and just kind of waited, make sure there's no other kind of bears around or anything like that. And then, yeah, after a few minutes, decided to go down and process him a little bit. So kind of gave me time to calm down a little bit. And, yeah, so...
0: Yeah, just and everything. Yeah, it's funny because, like, I never thought of that from like the taxidermist perspective, where you know you have that additional excitement because you're probably like the (laughs) night before, like mentally picturing like. Oh, this could be in my room and, like, over here in the living room right yeah. there, mounted like this. Like, you probably got all these <laughs> ideas <laughs> you, yeah. can, you can just kind of have out yourself. That, that's so cool to have that ability, man, to just Yeah, yeah. what you want to do with what you got.
1: Yeah, well, even looking at trail cam pictures and stuff like that, I'm like, holy crap. I was like, okay, hey, that deer. If I got that deer, would I mount it? And I'm like, well, maybe. We'll see. Then I get another little bit of bigger bucket. I'm like, holy crap, I definitely mount that, but now he's bigger to so what <laughs> would I do? Just a shoulder mount or gonna do something a little bit better with him. So
0: yeah. Oh, that's too funny, man. I don't know. The mount that you did like for your bear is gorgeous. Thank you. Um, that like that process for you, like when you're working on something that's your own, I'm not saying like oh take extra time on it or anything like that or do anything i'm not thinking that but like does it like does there's there like there's got to be some more like sentimental feeling like while you're doing it where you're like kind of reliving that story while you're kind of working on it
1: yeah absolutely it um yeah every piece that i work on it's just yeah you kind of relive that story a little bit and just kind of know what happened and yeah you feel feel good about that and i like being able to do my own animals like it just you know, if shooting the animal wasn't even more of an accomplishment myself, it's just mounting at myself and everything. It just feels it feels really good and it's really rewarding to be able to do that myself. So,
0: yeah, I can yeah. imagine that's so cool to have that for sure. So, mm-hmm. I could see that being so rewarding because what a better way to the, like kind of go full circle, right? Like, yeah, from the hunt to yeah, it being. A story in your house that you get to share with everybody and get to kind of show off it's yeah that's really really cool man i'm, I'm honestly envious i'm like why didn't i do this? why didn't i do that, <laughs> I do that for a living? <laughs> like that's such a cool thing so what does uh like your dad think and stuff like you know when you got into it was he just like You know, right on, man. Like, good for you. Like, now you're doing all my stuff, or like, (laughs) like, yeah, exactly. First thing
1: is just like perfect free taxidermy, You know,
2: (laughs) Um, yeah,
1: no, he's he's always been my biggest supporter of everything I've done, and you know, I I hundred percent would not be where I'm at without him, and without him just keeping me going, and yeah, just helping me along the way, and it's just been yeah, he's just always incredible helping me
0: more thankful for him so oh that's too cool man it's too cool to see that relationship and everything and yeah yeah, that's awesome to you know go on those hunts with him and see you know his successes and then also be able to like celebrate that with him that's just a really cool father-son relationship to have
1: yeah well and sorry i didn't mean to cut you off um but yeah i kind of get into that uh to that age where, yeah, you love to shoot all the stuff yourself when you're younger and everything, but then you you hit that age where you like to see everybody else succeed as well. And you know, even if I don't get something that year, if I can be there and watch everybody else get something, you know, that's just as good. And yeah, because I haven't been there for a lot of my dad's uh, like I have been there for quite a few of his hunts for sure. Um, but you know, he has that more success when I'm not around. But just this year, we finally broke that cycle, and it was so so awesome for
0: both of us just to uh, yeah be there together in those moments and yeah it's just something really special absolutely yeah. man. Absolutely. it was super special for sure yeah. um and then I know you're saying like you might have a, another story was there another deer or something that you put down that you really wanted to share even fishing I noticed you got into some pretty big fish there as well
1: yeah, no, yeah, actually you know, now that I've kind of been thinking about it here, I'm like, oh, I guess I do got a few kind of good stories to tell. And I'll probably need to tell some bird stories here too, just so you have a little bit of a variety as well. Uh, not yeah, just like all game. But um, yeah, no, know yeah. definitely have some some good trophy bird stories as well. I mean, not that yeah, bird hunting is super exciting in the moment and everything, but yeah, it's cool. But yeah, no, just uh my first buck that I got, I guess got I guess I was 13 when I got my first buck because I shot a doe my first year. Um, but then dad's been going up to uh, to Athabasca kind of in the crown area up there uh, or I guess calling Lake actually. And um, he's been going up there with his buddies for like years and years and years. And finally, like I was eight old enough to go up there and actually be able to shoot something while I'm up there. So we planned a trip with me my dad and Um, my cousin, my uncle, who they just got into um, big game hunting as well. I think that was kind of their first year hunting deer and stuff like that. So, so we, uh, yeah, we would usually, when we go up there, we take a couple of enclosed trailers and stuff like that, and we get them all prepped up for one for sleeping and one kind of for the kitchen area and stuff like that. And And, Yeah, so normally go up for about three or four days and usually kind of the first day we're just kind of driving around on quads and stuff like that, just doing kind of some scouting and stuff for areas. But my dad, he's kind of always had his, his area up there um, where he always usually sets his tree stand. And he, you know, he remembers that like nothing. I don't know. He can't really remember too much else, but that uh, where he sets a tree stand is that's his place that he remembers. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, no, know. And even through all the logging and stuff like that, like you just always had a little bit of an area up there that just always, always had a good corridor for deer coming down and stuff like that. So anyways, first year or first uh, day was quite easy. Just go right where he was thinking and yeah, perfect set up there. And, you know, it's only from kind of a little main quadding trail and stuff like that, you know, it's only like 80 yards probably in the bush, not, not that far, but it's just, just the right amount of, um, exposure that you need more into the trees and stuff like that. And all of a sudden it just turns into a whole different world. Um, and then I guess the second second day rolled around and I'm trying to remember, I think we're only up there for for three days. So our first day was, yeah, just a quick, quick uh, setup and stuff like that. And then the second day was, yeah, set in early and sit there all day pretty well. Um, so, and I, from what I remember, I mean, that was quite a few years ago now, it was a little bit more of a kind of a quiet morning, and then all of a sudden the uh, acting started, and all of a sudden you get a doe kind of going by under the sand, and gets the adrenaline going for a couple more hours, and they just keep the guy going up there. And and um, and then all of a sudden, probably right after her, it's probably about five minutes after her, all of a sudden this, this little, just a young buck comes. Comes booting down the exact same trail she was on. And he, it it was so funny because right when he got underneath our tree stand, he let out just a little grunt and it was just a little baby grunt. And and all the dad is just like, man, that is so cool. I've never had that happen before. And I was just loving it. And then all of a sudden, probably about 15 minutes later, Still not like a huge buck, but definitely more of a mature buck than that last one comes right under same trail and everything. And he lets out a big huff and he keeps on going. And we were like, holy crap, that is amazing. Like It was just so cool to be able to see that and just the differences and the little guy doing the same thing and the big guy coming in.
0: Man, what yeah. an experience to get both of those. Like, lots of guys don't even have that ever happen.
2: <laughs> yeah, I know. It was just so
1: cool. It's always awesome just to see them interact with each other, even if they're, you know, however many minutes apart and stuff like that. They just always know what to do. So. And, and, you know, it was getting closer. Obviously, like, that was third week in November, so the rut's kicking in and stuff like that up there for sure. Like, it's pretty in full swing already. So they're moving and hot on the dough, so um yeah and that was kind of it for the for the second day he was really really eventful just what happened in that little time span but it just really got a guy confident but, you know in that buck you know it was good enough that for a first buck I should have shot it and you know I I didn't because I was just you know that little bit greedy where I was like ah, I want a little bit bigger one and dad is like Ooh. okay he's like crap well I would have shot that one but he's like I didn't want to you know risk um making that much noise in that area and then they're not yeah So, anyway yeah we both passed on it and that's okay and then second day rolled around and or the third day rolled around sorry and it was a real real quiet day too not too much action happening still a little bit on the high of what happened there and again kind of yeah just kind of a lull go go back have some lunch and stuff like that and then we came back and we we weren't sitting too long and then all of a sudden you hear some some branches cracking and stuff like that. And these, and these last few bucks, like they were hot running through there. So it wasn't much time really looking at them or anything. And then all of a sudden both look up and here's, you know, this buck head down on the exact same trail, but he's, he's moving slow and was really cool. He kind of follows the same trail. And, you know, again, something dad's never seen before too. Like just seeing a buck actually do a rub on a tree and stuff like that, like right then and there. and It was just really cool. You know, stop there, beat the crap out of a bush and then keep moving. And dad was sitting on the good, the side of the tree stand where those bucks that two previous day would have been perfect for him to shoot, but I wouldn't have been able to get him up. But for whatever reason, this buck decided to hang a left instead of a right, and he comes this great, probably, well, we're probably 15 feet high, and he's probably just about 15 yards from the base of the tree stand, not even. I'm like, holy crap, yeah, that's for sure the one I'm shooting and You know, I got lined up on him. Dad's like, ready. And I'm like, "Yup." And he lets out, of course, the deer stop and and I just just take him. And he was immediately like he was dead on the run, like his front shoulders not working. He's pushing with his back legs and he's not going anywhere. And all of a sudden he just piles into a log and he's he's out. That's it. And I hard to remember the exact motions I was going through, but I was just, obviously thrilled you know trying not to fall out of the tree stand standing up and everything like that so, <laughs> trying to still stay alive enough and I remember even walking down the tree stand I'm like holy crap okay don't fall now this is it all you got to do is just walk down the ladder and you're home free <laughs> um, but yeah no that was just such an incredible moment and even walking up to it and stuff like that being my first talk. Yeah. Yeah, just something I'll never forget. It was just so cool and just awesome to have dad there with me, obviously. And I, yeah, I think it was definitely a real special moment for him too, I, as is for any kid really shooting their first uh, first year and stuff like that. Cool. Just, the, just the whole thing leading up to it and everything was just just incredible. And that's just what makes the story special is just not the final moment what happens there, but just the events that lead up to it and what goes right, what goes wrong, but it all comes.
0: Yeah, man. And that's so cool too. It's so cool to see like all the stuff you guys got to see, you know, like a lot yeah. of times, you know, you don't, and some of my favorite thing is just sitting like a fly on the wall and watching kind of nature unfold, even when you're not, like you say, like when you're passing up a buck or passing up a doe or whatever. And uh, yeah, so even just hear a couple of them do their little snort wheeze or their grunts or whatever. And it's like, you know, it's, that's just so cool, like you say, everything leading up to that moment, and then, oh, I'm sure, yeah, I'm sure your dad was stoked, man, like uh, having his son get a deer that weekend and everything, and yeah, that's just a like, really cool yeah, first.
1: Yeah, no, it was definitely yeah, super special, and just the uh, just the real breaking point. Well, not the breaking point, but just the the spot that matters, and know that you're going to get into that, and just. Uh, just because, you know, sitting there, it, it was actually really nice weather, thank goodness, you know, it wasn't like we're sitting in minus 40 or anything, just painfully sitting up there. Like, it was rather really warm for that time of the year, so it's not like it was a painful three-day sit. But, you know, sitting for in a tree stand for even a, a couple of days, it really tests the guy's patience and stuff like that. And that's just really where I've learned to be patient and learned how to sit in a tree stand. And I was just thankful that I am able to learn that from a young age.
0: Just to be patient. Yeah, that's no joke. That's something that uh, definitely takes a lot of patience. And yeah, especially at a young age, it's something that a lot of people that are younger don't have the patience for. So it's a good time to learn it for sure. Yeah,
1: absolutely.
0: So uh with the... I wanted to ask you too, when you mentioned the waterfowl, you briefly slipped the word trophy waterfowl. And, and this is going to sound really naive, but I'm just because i'm very limited in experience with waterfowl hunting it's not that i don't want to do it i would love to do it yeah. i just i'm like i really want to eat some of it i'm like i want to know like what are good recipes and all this kind of stuff but like when it comes to like and this again this is going to sound extreme like i'm probably going to get slapped around for asking <laughs> this <laughs> but what makes like a bird a trophy bird like is it color is it size is it yeah, it's,
1: yeah, it's pretty well everything. And you know, for ducks, like we, we are are we don't get a lot of full plumage ducks around here when the season does come around. So like, kind of the full plumage for a lot of ducks is kind of that middle of October till you know first or end of October until they really head out. And you know, we're lucky enough we get a, just a ton of mallards that we are able to just get beautiful ones. But kind of get a little bit sick of them sometimes, just because you can get so many of them. Um, yeah. Well, in something like geese, they're, they're always, you know, nice, unless they have like a ton of pin feathers, which that's something we can get into a little bit later and know how to choose a good trophy bird. Um, but geese are always good kind of year round. They don't really, uh, they don't have a plumage or anything like that, you know, like a, a speckled belly ge- goose, the, the blackness on its chest is just kind of determined by the maturity of it and stuff like that. So... So, yeah, that's why it's, it's really cool about speckled belly geese is because, yeah, if you get a nice, nice kind of black one and stuff like that, which I may be wrong, it may have nothing to do with maturity, but that's what I've always uh, known and stuff like that, which obviously young ones are not going to gonna be completely gray, and then, you know, a nice old boy is going to be pretty well black or speckled really nicely. So.
0: That's super cool, man. It's, yeah, stuff I didn't, like, have a single clue about. Um So... And then with your dad, was he just like, okay, you know, we've done some big game stuff. He's like, is he big waterfowl too? Like taking you on and getting you on all the birds too?
1: Oh yeah, absolutely. For sure. I've been with him. Like he's been doing both big game and waterfowl hunting for, you know, for just a huge majority of his life. Absolutely. And uh, same thing with the deer hunting. I've been along with him waterfowl hunting for as long as I can remember too. Um, where we kind of live down south through, near Brooks and everything, I was always out going with him, deer hunting, bird hunting, whatever. I was there, so it's uh, both of them has been thankfully like just a yeah big part, and I haven't had to, you know, go back and okay now I want to try deer hunting, now I want to try bird hunting. I've just always grown up doing both equally as much, so it's yeah,
2: both of these that's very cool to me. So
0: that's very cool for um so with uh with that then you were mentioning like you, you got some good bird stories and the variety is nice i am down for some more <laughs> waterfowl stories but what in you then or what in your mind stands out as like a very memorable yeah bird hunter waterfowl hunt with you guys
1: yeah well absolutely well this year we had a had a just an excellent hunt and you know it was kind of funny i'll I'll tell that story second it's a, kind of a little bit more of a funny story but yeah kind of our first real taste of a more of a trophy bird for us anyways was was getting a blue goose and I don't know if you know what those look like like they're just a blue phase of a snow goose and okay. um, I've mounted a couple and they're just the weirdest thing but they're just so cool and kind of through Alberta you know you'll get different pockets of them and stuff like that where there's more kind of abundance of them but generally for us we don't see a lot of And um, even like doing uh, waterfowl guiding and stuff like that, like we only shot like probably two or three. So they're a little bit more higher up on that list of rare for us. So, and it was just a just the most unexpected hunt too. You know, we go go head out east of town or whatever, just on some just some Hutterite land where we got permission. And I remember it was uh, it was a. a bailed up field already so we didn't really have to do too much for you know putting up our blind and stuff like that we just backed it right up to a um to a hay bale and it was just perfect Or oh, sorry not a hail bale, hay bale but a wheat bale and it was just perfect because we didn't have to do too much for cover or anything like that already kind of looked all natural and stuff like that kind of the grass that we have on our blind and um we were mainly there for kind of like uh like speckled belly geese and some canadas and stuff like that just more of a field goose hunt so getting some snow geese and stuff like that you know it wasn't it wouldn't be super out of the ordinary but it definitely would have been a little bit different so yeah it was a really good just a casual hunt and stuff like that you know get our limit on speckle belly geese really quickly so that was only um four a person for uh, specs and then yeah get a few canadas here and there and then we're just kind of waiting to clean up our the rest of our, uh, our limit just on Canada's fill the rest of our limit on Canada, and all of a sudden we look at this one flock and I think there was, I think there's about three or four specs and then all of a sudden we're like those are, those are two blue geese with them. And they're, they're a little bit more obvious here and there, you know, they got the white heads and then more of a dark body, sometimes a little bit of a white body as well, which is a little bit of black and stuff. and we're just like holy crap! Okay, we gotta be really, really careful on these because we can't shoot any more speckle-belly geese, or else we'll be over our limit. So, anyways, they're a little bit high on the first pass, and I don't know what made us, you know, because we're we're used to shooting at a little bit higher birds and stuff like that that are, you know, some would consider out of range, but we're kind of used to that, so we can, you know, we're pretty accurate at it. Um, but for whatever reason, we're like, okay, hey, let's let them do one more pass here, and sure enough, they go over us, they loop around again and they're even lower and we know they're committed into coming into our setup here now. And all of a sudden we're like, okay, we gotta be like super, super careful here. And then all of a sudden that just went out of the water and the, for whatever reason, the specs just kind of drifted off and the two blue geese just decided to come right front and center with us. And we're like, holy crap. And then of course, yeah. (laughs) and we don't even care about anything else we just pull boom boom one shot each and there's two blue geese down and holy crap, that's that's honestly probably the most excited i've ever been about any animal i've ever taken in my life deer birds whatever like that was just the moment we've been waiting for really
2: man that's so crazy
1: yeah and i i just i love telling that story and i mean yeah people who aren't waterfowl hunters don't really understand that but it was that moment was so special because that was the bird we we've been waiting for. And not even for just one of us to get them, to be able to get a pair at the exact same time. And,
2: mm.
1: like, that was just – that was it. Like, that I – it'll be hard to even talk that moment at all for a long time. Mm, that's
0: yeah. so cool. And it's so cool. And just because, like you say, like, the speckled bellies just kind of, like, took off and you go from being like, hey, we got to basically – I'm assuming you're shooting like a scatterbrain shotgun here and you're like got to be extremely cautious with it and then all of a sudden they just piece out and you have like a perfect opportunity uh that's yeah that's mind-blowing to think about that's not even as someone that doesn't waterfowl hunt a lot man that's such a cool opportunity
1: well yeah just for everything to work out so perfectly just for them to you know because speckle bellies and snow geese they're they're a real pain to hunt because they're they don't really decoy like super super well, but just for us to be able to hit, leave them one more pass and then they just came perfectly over, and then that yeah, just drifted off from the others, and it's like, oh my goodness, this is gonna happen. And in that moment, like you just know that yeah, you're just getting them. You know, it just it wasn't even a factor of am I gonna miss it? It's just no I'm getting it. And yeah, it was just perfect. And it was so funny because right afterwards. I, I i looked over and i see dad's bird falling and i said did you even shoot and he's like i was gonna ask you the same thing did you even shoot because we just shot at the absolute exact time that you don't even <laughs> <hit the other laughs> dude
2: that's too funny that's going on everything and like,
1: down to an absolute T and it was just, just unreal
0: and honestly for a young guy dude like you've got a wealth of knowledge the way you're Talking about all of your experience and the things you do, whether it's, yeah, finishing doing a taxidermy or, you know, being out in the field. It's, yeah, you go to, yeah, a wealth of information for being a young guy, dude. That's awesome.
1: Yeah, thank you. Well, hopefully, I've been, yeah, picking up on a thing or two over the
0: past few
2: years. <laughs> but,
1: but, yeah, thank you.
2: Oh, for sure, man. That's too awesome.
1: And then, of course, you know, um, obviously right away we're like okay 100% we're getting them mounted and I'm trying to remember what year that was I think that was I think that was 20 2017 we got those so yeah we got them got them mounted like immediately I think we kind of shot them in like October or something like that oh sorry 28 19 got them October 2nd I'm just looking at the pictures here on my phone and of course the guy that I'm working for um where that's who we took them to get them mounted back in 2019 so wow. so already knew about them and stuff like that and he already kind of knew me and dad just from that because as soon as i started kind of working for him he's like oh do do some mounts for you guys and i was like yeah you did our boogies and he's like oh he's like yeah i remember those
0: no kidding
1: yeah
0: oh dude that yeah. is way too cool in a small world like you say that's just yeah uh... Oh man, that's a really, really, really cool story. Honestly, and cool well, that it came full circle. I'm sitting here, you're like, oh, I'm looking at pictures on my phone. I'm like, man, I want you to send me a picture. Guys, in house, you probably got the like some awesome mounts. <laughs> yeah, like...
1: well, even before that, Dad didn't really have too many things mounted. He had a, uh, he just had a white tail head, uh, a mule deer head, and that's all he had. So you know, it was really cool to be able to put a put a bird up there and
0: stuff like that and yeah it's, oh, dude. i know i've uh mentioned it a lot but i got a two and a half year old son and uh, it seems a lot like i think i'm going to be raising him to tur- get into taxidermy
1: <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah no doubt exactly just think of that okay. all the free mounts you'll be able to
0: catch. oh just to uh, you know even like you said dude and those are like to have those two uh blue geese there. like it's it's also just memories of, that you guys share together that you'll never forget like your whole life. Right. it's like, you have kind of like a trophy room, but it's not just your own, really. It's yours and your dad's and family and people that you share those moments with. It's a really, really cool, cool thing. I, I yeah, yeah, just like I, I can't reiterate that enough that I'm just envious of your career path doing that. It's a really, really cool thing.
1: Oh, thank you. Yeah, no, it definitely is. It's super super cool to be able to take those moments uh, with that and be able to put them, put them on the wall or whatever, make it really cool scene out of them and just bring them back to life and just remember those moments. So.
0: Yeah. So uh, I also noticed you guys getting quite a bit of fishing too. It just seems like an all, all around, you know, outdoors family. Before we get into sorry, you mentioned there was also something with the waterfowl that was like a funny portion or the second part of a different story or something.
1: Oh yeah, absolutely. So yeah, this uh, this last year here, um, we had quite a bit of well we I think we ended off kind of about a week early just because normally the the last week of October is so spotty, whether you're gonna get good weather or the snow's gonna roll in and I mean those birds can be gone in an instant within a day. And yeah. anyway, we kind of stopped the guiding season about a week earlier or so and all of a sudden we had just quite a bit of time to go. Out. so anyways this buddy, that also does guiding as well. We worked for the same same guy and um we just decided we're just like hey last week here we're just going to hunt every single day so that's exactly what we did we just went out every morning every evening whatever we just went out wherever we did just do a quick little pond hunt or actually got together a big group of guys and stuff like that and did field hunts but it was one particular pond that that uh my dad well we, we knew about it but my dad decided to go out and scouted this one night and he was just like yeah there's tons of tons of ducks there they're like okay so we decided to get a the first group together to go kind of hunt that pond and I think there's about six of us and anyways like super quickly we limit out like there's just ducks beyond imaginable like just coming in like crazy and yeah we limit out quickly so anyways back up done I think probably a couple days later maybe go back look at the pond Kate, yeah tons of birds still left so then I think we um, me and my buddy decided, okay, we'll just do a quick morning hunt, just us two. Okay, got our 16 ducks really quickly. Awesome. And then I think it was probably another couple days later, we decided to take another big group out there because we looked, yep, tons of ducks still, which, I mean, people will probably give me crap for hunting a pond that much, but I mean, we're like, holy crap, this is end season and there's just so many ducks left for us. We're like, yeah, we're taking the opportunity. So, anyways, take another group of six guys out there, and we just, yeah, wipe them again. Get a full forty-eight or whatever, perfect. And then I think that was that was that was like October like thirtieth that we took that big group out. So then we were kind of done for the, you know, when our kind of waterfowl season ends as soon as November hits, because then everybody's changing gears and going out for deer and game and stuff like that. So, so anyways, me and Dad were getting ready to go opening day for his meal deer and. I was like, man, I wonder if that pond has any more ducks in it. And he's like, well, tell you what, he said, if we got my mule deer today, he said, we'll go out tomorrow and we'll go hunt that pond one last time. So so then anyways, November 1st, yep, we were able to get his deer. So we went and scouted that pond that night. Yep, tons of ducks still, oh, man, let's go the next morning. So anyway, and just, and just by chance, you know, November 1st, just an absolute beautiful day. We haven't had any snow. And all of a sudden, November 1st, the evening, we just get a huge blizzard in, just tons and tons of snow within the evening. And I mean, blizzard hunts for birds is just ridiculous. Like birds are just decoy amazing. And a blizzard hunts, crappy day hunts for birds is just phenomenal. Like it just cannot get any better, especially for blizzards we found, just cause nobody wants to be sitting in the rain. So snow is quite a bit better, but yeah, snow, the visibility just turned and the birds just, yeah, they just be quite awesome. So anyways, me and dad, we get done, get done Uh, shooting. We limit out pretty quickly. We were a little bit more choosy here and there just for getting drakes and stuff like that. And so we spent a little bit more time out there and just to watch them too, you know, we, we love just sitting out there and watching them do their thing. And it's just awesome. So we just sat there, enjoyed the morning, beautiful. Anyways, we're coming home and we pack up all the birds and I'm like, man, I was like, and I was calculating on my phone. And I was like, dad, we've pulled like over a hundred birds out of this pond in the last week. And I said, we have not gotten one banded duck out of here. He's like, yeah, I guess we have. And I was, I was a little bit ticked off because up until this point my dad's never gotten a band before and i never have either like we're both never gotten bands but seeing you know a lot of bird shot this last year guiding and stuff you know we did get like 10 odd bands so i was like man we really need to band ourselves and i was a little bit choked anyways we got home and we weren't like really taking care of the birds we were just dropping them on the ground chucking them whatever just because we're going to brush them out anyway so who cares what the feathers look like and yeah, then I was over and my dad's like, holy crap, he's like, Hunter, look at this. And he pulls up the this one mallard. And I don't know how we didn't see it. anyways, he pulls up the one foot foot and sure shit, there's a band on it. And I was like, Holy crap, we did it. Like we got one. And, no, really.
2: and
1: then I read on it and it was a little bit left of a green tinge on it. And it was a it was a reward band. So I think the reward was sixty-five dollars on it. And as soon as I saw that, I was like, that's not what I'm looking for. And then I grabbed the other foot and I was like, that's what I'm looking for. And it was double banded because there's always a, a report a band um, with a number on it. And I was like, that's what I'm looking for. And all of a sudden we had a double banded duck on our hands. And I mean, one band is pretty rare, but double band, I've had tons of people ask me, is, is that real? Like, did you guys put that on there? Just cause nobody like double band is just so unheard of here. And it was just uh, it was unreal. Like I just could not believe it.
2: Dude, that's like, insane.
1: Yeah. yeah. So, anyways, it was just it, yeah, it's just such an unexpected moment. Like we looked at all the birds, double no bands, and then all of a sudden
2: that yeah, we had a
1: double banded duck we had no idea it was there. We're just them around, and I'm like, holy crap, like how did that get there?
0: dude that's actually just so crazy that's like how do you like you say not pick up on that but just it's funny because you're like yeah you know we haven't had a lot of success when we're both together but then we get this like double to duck right after like he gets a mule deer at the beginning of the season and this blizzard it's just like things just like tickety tick there for you guys well,
1: this, this this year has been the best year ever and like like even for myself like dad says he's like if i could retire hunting after this year he said i would 100 percent would be he said i'd be thrilled to death with it because we got his antelope in october we got his mule deer and we got a double banded duck
2: and like it,
1: we're, we're done like he he needed no more to be happy like that was just the best year ever for him and even for me too i was able to get my my deers last day in november so after that i was just like that was just a phenomenal year so
0: man those yeah. stories even, they even have me grinning because i'm like that's just so so flipping cool to hear of Yeah, you know, just a good year for you guys and like you say to hear them say that like i would retire after that and that's like what a special year for sure man that's yeah. unbelievable
1: well and even getting a, a big snow goose hunt too my dad was just was like man he's like if i could have one good snow goose hunt too, he's like i would love it because we you know we always just hunted kind of together so then anyways um also that kind of last week we were able to go with our, the guys that we were working with as well and um and do a big snow goose hunting. Of course, weather's crappy, windy, rainy, whatever. And I think we laid out like 70, 70 odd birds or something like that. And I was just like, oh my gosh, like that was just amazing. So just to just to add to the extra trophy hunt, too, not even an animal, but just the hunt itself. And it's just, oh my gosh.
0: Yeah. yeah. Dude, that is for sure. Um, so with that being, you know that year that you guys just had what the heck are you guys doing like it's we're sitting here what's august 15th today like we're getting really close to the season this year like what do you guys have in store for this year what are your plans for a bow hunting season like you say getting into a deer maybe um yeah, like what are your goals now for this year? Like how do you how do you top that? Or well, exactly how,
1: yeah, how do you top that? Well, and I'm kind of hoping you know it was a great year for my dad last year. It was phenomenal for me to be along on all those hunts. Um, but this year, I'm just like, okay, now it's now it's my year to shoot some animals here. Um, yeah, so yeah, I've got some got some really nice deer coming in on trail cam for bow hunting, and I've got I've got September first, second, and third before we start getting in some clients and stuff like that. So I've got three days to kind of go a bow hunting, um, you know, kind of pre-season before the clients get here. And so I can still kind of go throughout, we get a couple days off during the week, um, but that's kind of my, uh, just the three days to really get her done. And so really hoping if I can get something there, that'd be amazing. Um, Got my elk tag as well for kind of just north of Brooks this year um so i'll be going out with my cousin he also pulled his tag in the uh same zones as me so we'll be trying to get a couple of nice bulls there so and wow. yeah it should be a good good kind of three-year run here as long as we can kind of get everything so yeah i get my elk tag this year i should hopefully pull my mealy tag next year and that should be get a moose next year so yeah we got a good good few years here coming up so man that's
0: unbelievable and uh just to add to it too, so with um, just West you mentioning that you guys are like, it sounds like you're saying this to are you guys are guiding too for an outfitter as well,
1: yeah. So, me and my uh, me and my buddy, well, he's been doing it for four years, right? this will be the fourth year going on here, and this will be my second year coming here, but yeah, throughout pretty well all September and all through October, we're, we're busy guiding the same guy that I do after me for and stuff, he also. Size and outfitter
0: as well. So we'll be busy doing that. Nice. That's awesome, man. That's a great, great gig for you to have. Like, man, you got it set up and you're doing
2: <laughs> you're totally it. You're
0: like, that's, yeah, a good way to make an income, man, is, you know, between guiding and the taxidermy and, yeah, being able to hone the craft that way and get out and join the outdoors. It's a really cool way to make a living doing what you love and getting yeah. yourself kind of. Yeah,
1: Yeah, it's just been, it's been, yeah, just incredible that I've had the opportunity to do it. And yeah, just to be outdoors all the time is just an incredible job. Just whether I'm out in the blind with clients or I'm just driving around scouting, whatever, you know, there's nothing better than just an early morning back road drive when nothing else is awake in the world. And it's just, yeah, I love every minute of it
0: that's so funny i couldn't agree with that more man probably one of my most favorite things whether it's getting up early in the morning to fish or go hunting or whatever is that drive when the world is asleep or you're sitting in your tree stand waiting for first light and you know the whole world is still quiet and it's like the best time to be out
1: yeah absolutely you know if you if you can't enjoy those moments well yeah if you're more just uh trophy animal hunter whatever that makes or breaks your hunt yeah not for you you need to be able to enjoy every minute of it
0: yeah so uh then when your season kind of gets to that point like when you know december rolls around christmas like are you starting to get okay now you're getting orders come in and that keeps you pretty well busy up until next season is that kind of the way it goes with taxidermy like it from what it seems like turnover time seems like you can get stuff back like a year later from most guys. Like you're staying pretty busy then right after the season.
1: Yeah, so a lot of a lot of typical tax terms, you know, they send the away and stuff like that, whatever they get to the other turn around about a year, a year and a half, depending on how busy they are. Um, so I can I can turn around my stuff pretty quickly. I do all my own tanning and stuff like that. Um, So, nice. and you know, I'm, and you know, I've only been doing this for like, yeah, a year and a half now. So I'm not, I'm not doing it full time yet. I mean, there's always a hope for every year I get more and more stuff in, but it's, it's not a, not a constant market. You know, like last year, I know there weren't a lot of big gear shot in this area. Like, there wasn't. There's, was, you know, a handful here and there. But talking to all the tax firms around or whatever, and they said hey, it was just a pathetic year
2: for big gear. Um well,
1: and, yeah, yeah, some guys were able to get lucky and, but, yeah, just a, kind of a crappy year. But, yeah, you just every year hope for a little bit better. And, I mean, the the guys that are full-time and stuff like that, they'll always, you know, get their clients and stuff like that. They're always shooting big deer and everything, whatever they do. Um, so, yeah, just at the moment hoping every year gets a little bit better and keeps myself more and more busy. But, yeah, hope by kind of September, later October is when I get some more birds in and then november of course is year december year and stuff like that so yeah I, I was able to keep myself busy for quite a few months last year like i thought i did really well for what i got in on kind of my main first year kind of really being out there so
0: nice dude. Yeah, I that's awesome to just hear yeah your stride and catching the stride with it and the success you've had and getting the opportunities you've had that's uh I love to hear it. And you're just a really, really well-rounded guy. And yeah, I couldn't wish you more than the best for sure. Like I just hope for the best for you with precision edge. And like I say, like, man, I appreciate your support of the podcast and stuff too. And yeah, I just want to put that out there too, for people to really go and check out your stuff, man. Like whether it's on the Instagram or the Facebook there again, is under the precision edge taxidermy. And yeah, it's a good place because you have a great, group of photos and everything on display that you have been doing and some of the stuff that we've even talked about in the stories that you've shared today man it's uh it's so cool to when you're talking about it because i'm like oh yeah i've seen that picture of that or this and that and, <laughs> like while we're talking but yeah, yeah i just I- really encourage anybody listening to uh yeah go and check out your stuff and be sure to give you a call when uh, they get into a trophy like that or get into anything they want mounted man it's way too cool Yeah, thank you. really appreciate it. Yeah. And honestly, man, I appreciate your time here too and taking the time to chat on the podcast and share some stories. I would uh, absolutely love to have you on again in the coming months once you, you know, like if you get through on your elk, if you get through on some, you know, on your year of taking in some more game for yourself, uh, be sure to tell me and keep me in the loop, man. I would love to hear the stories and I would love to talk to you again.
1: Yeah, absolutely no i was already thinking about that i was like hey, if i have another good year here i'll have to come on and share everything again so yeah, <laughs> hopefully i'll definitely make some more stories here next year, and i'm sure i will whatever it is it's, yeah i'll probably have some more for sure so
0: oh, absolutely man would absolutely love to have you on again and yeah again wish you the best success this year whether it's uh out there in the field yourself hunting and Uh, or afterwards doing all your taxidermy and stuff, man, and guiding. I just hope you guys have an amazing year. And, yeah, thank you again for doing this, dude. It's too cool. Yeah,
1: no, thank you a lot, Aaron. Yeah, I wish you the best of luck as well. Do you got any tags at all for this year?
0: Oh, yeah. So uh, I've got my – because I'm in the bow zone here in Edmonton. So I've got just a a couple general deer tags, the general mule, general whitetail, and general moose for the bow zone. So – that's gonna eat up my weekends, yeah. And uh, and got a couple plans to try to chase some elk. There's a couple things. There's a couple guys I've been talking to that were on the podcast previously, um, and actually even the guy that was the last guest, we've been kind of BSing back and forth about getting out after some elk in yeah October maybe. So I don't know. We'll see what comes to that. I don't have a lot of high hopes for the elk just because I haven't. Put in the time and the effort i've been you know bugling and stuff like that i would just love to even get get a conversation going with with an elk you know what i mean like whatever oh, you know get that like response bugle or whatever or that location bugle um so it'd be cool just kind of get my feet wet in that a bit hopefully and then yeah hopefully do some spring bear stuff it's kind of in the works so yeah i know that yeah i
1: know my dad plans on yeah, he's kinda for sure wanting to get more into tree as well too. And he kinda plans on we're kinda splitting ways a little bit, probably kinda comes September first and he wants to head out and do some do some elk hunting as well with his bow. So hopefully he's uh his one buddy can go with him and kinda help him bow and stuff like that. But so yeah, we'll see. Hopefully he can pull an elk or something this year and I can maybe get a deer with my bow. But yeah, who knows how it's all gonna play out. So all of a sudden we're gonna have too much meat in the freezer. If he gets an elk and I can pull an elk, so
0: and no more room in the house for any any art <laughs>
1: yeah you know, that's yeah. that's the one downfall of being able to mount everything yourself is everything you get you get it's like oh okay i have this crazy idea that i want to do and it'll just look awesome and and it's like okay well i got a knot with a huge mounts right now like i just even the, my bare one that i did i just like where am I going to put that? It's just living out in my garage right now because I'm just going to have <laughs> no room left upstairs. I've done too many pedestals with dad's mounts and everything like that. So, um, yeah, but hopefully I can make some, get some room for some of my own mounts because a lot of, a lot of the mounts downstairs right now are just dad stuff and everything. And, you know, even doing that, uh, the uh, Edmonton Bowman sportsman show last year, I needed to, rattle off some mounts to be able to take there so i wanted to do some really creative things there so but it comes at the cost for room in my house so
0: yeah yeah Oh dude that's too funny but uh yeah like i said just uh appreciate it all and hopefully are you doing are you going to do the uh sportsman show again this year
1: yeah, I think so for sure. I'm, I'm kind of looking at maybe getting a little bit of a bigger booth. Um, and if I can't, I don't know if I'll be able to bring my bear cause I kind of built it, um, that I was going to have a bigger booth, but I guess I probably shouldn't have mounted it so quickly, but I guess we'll see. So. <laughs> well,
0: that's all good, man. Well, but, uh, I should plan on meeting up with you there. I'd love to, uh, meet you in person and, uh, yeah i'm i'm kind of on and off when i go to the boat and sportsman show some years i do some years don't but uh yeah man i'd love to uh come by i'll keep in touch with you and yeah if you well i know we will keep in touch anyway but yeah yeah, i'll uh get you if you do end up going there i'll be sure to go just to cross paths man would love to come and see some of the stuff in person and come and hang out
1: yeah well hopefully you can even do a round down to the the kind of the CMDR through there and maybe come um, swim by this way or something like that but it's quite a quite a bit more longer trip for you and everything but yeah hopefully kind of come that December and stuff like that I'll for sure have some more mountain here like that so I'll kind of fill it up a little bit more in here so right now I'm kind of right empty with everything I got everything done for the summer that I needed to and uh yeah I got everything
0: out of the door so and I'm ready for the ready for the fresh start for the new season and obviously yeah, uh, I'm, just, I'm just getting excited dude it's hard not to i'm trying to not get excited i'm trying to not think about it but <laughs> i know every
1: every year i just want summer to end quicker which sounds bad but i just like oh my gosh as soon as you start getting out deer hunt or a scout for deer and stuff like that then it just is like oh
2: come quicker here. yeah <laughs> uh,
1: which yeah we're really close now it's the 15th or whatever today so yeah it's not too far now
0: yeah couple weeks man, and then it it's hard since yeah I try to not think about it until the last couple of days do all the yeah. prep and everything but I get way too excited if I start counting down yeah. the days before, so
1: yeah I'll be a little bit too excited too because I've only got one photo of kind of the one buck I'll definitely be looking for so if I start getting some more consistent pictures of him then I'll be oh
0: yeah so yeah I'll get you jacked up for sure It'll get yeah. you excited
1: yeah i gotta go out there and figure out what i'm gonna do for kind of a tree stand or a ground blind or something like that so yeah a lot of a lot of still figuring out
2: stuff.
0: yeah well that's good man but yeah again i appreciate the time and best of luck and uh yeah we'll be sure to keep in touch and yeah man you have a great night over there
1: yeah absolutely thanks a lot aaron you too
0: oh man thanks hunter you take care
1: yeah